Hello and welcome to another episode of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here, back with another episode of Gumbo Live. A special episode, a very special episode. Gumbo Live, the number one Facebook Live talk show in Lafayette, Louisiana, dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, we got Mitchell from the Beans and Dice and Jared from Facebook or the Gumbo Pot Twitch Jared stream. from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Are you friends with Mark Zuckerberg or something, Jared? That's, if that's only. A, that's a callback to our other episode. If only you were, he could be able to fix your, your name on Facebook. That's misspelled. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You'd, you'd have to have a, a direct connection with him, with the Zuck. Hit us up on social media, on Twitter, <laughs> or on Facebook, at Board Game Gumbo. Hey, but let's get right to Mitchell and Jared. What's the reason we're all here together? I would love to know the answer to that, too, somehow. No, no, no. Southern Board Game Festival, Sobo, just happened this past weekend. Now, are, are you going to also push this to the Beans and Dice podcast crew? What do you mean by push this? You know, to their to their audio feed? because we. Oh, can so do... we're going to take this podcast and upload it on theirs? Well, you're not <laughs> doing one, are you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this last week, Wayne and I have both been busy. Usually, we'd be recording right now, actually. So, uh, Board Game Gumbo, a podcast about how we eat, how we convention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get right to it. Southern Board Game Fest, Mitchell. Tell everybody what is Southern Board Game Fest. Uh, so, Southern Board Game Festival is a small town con, but uh, with lots going on, we aim to be the uh, the most prestigious gaming con in the Gulf Coast. And uh, it's all a benefit for New Hope. Uh, it's a community development organization in uh, Northern Lafayette that helps with homework, help, and after-school programs for underprivileged kids. I checked. I actually did some research. We are now the number one convention, board game convention, south of uh, Interstate 10 in Louisiana. Number yeah, one. Uh, number one. Number and one. there's so many to compete with. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there's any others. So, Jared, it's uh, it's two days, but technically we kind of made it into three days, didn't we? Uh, yeah, because we get that special privilege, I guess, of having to set up the whole convention, but then also getting a little bit of time to to hang out before the convention starts. Yeah, and before, every time on Friday, and unless you're BJ and you break your back and you don't do anything <laughs> Friday night, I, I did nothing on Friday night, and then I did nothing on Sunday either. I, I got it. And then miraculously, I felt better on Monday. <laughs> I don't know how that it's works. It's crazy how that works. <laughs> no, but Jared, you did us a big solid, man. You, uh, we, we had a special guest. We had Berkey from Game Toppers LLC, a special guest. And, and tell everybody what, what solid you did for us, man. I really, single ultimately, I single-handedly saved the entire convention because <laughs> it was going downhill from the beginning. No, um... <laughs> Game Toppers, LLC, uh, I have a table, and they were doing a big giveaway for the entire convention, so they gave away a whole bunch of prizes, mats, and bags, and gift cards, and all kinds of things, so I was able to bring my Game Topper, LLC, which then we used to kind of showcase um, the dice towers, the trays, and then do all the giveaways, and there was a there was a, a prize, a competition, everybody had to roll a set of dice, and if you rolled higher than a certain number, you got put in for the big drawing, and so we are able to use that table to kind of showcase both the uh, game toppers tables themselves and then also use it to do all those giveaways so well mitchell really Jer cool. jared's not reading the show notes so we're going to jump right to uh <laughs> section 3e which is the dice extravaganza <laughs> no that's absolutely right berkey's dice extravaganza we we 
rolled a, a bunch. Of, man, wasn't that a that I don't was know a really where popular we're at. event? I don't know where we're at. Yeah, it was. We so were, we were just doing an intro about what Southern Board Game Fest was all about. Yeah, but then you said <laughs> you said how did you table. do a solid? Yeah, how did you do a solid? Which was the table. That yeah, was the true. only solid I did. That's fair. By the way, in, an inception moment was Mike Fontenot being there. Shout out to Mike and Jared being right next to him, like within within a minute. So Berkey met the guy he sold the table to, Mike. They had never met before. Oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. And then Mike leaves and you walk up and I'm like, and this is the guy that owns the table that, that he just bought from Mike. Because <laughs> he was wondering, Mitch, I don't know if you noticed, Berkey remembers every He does. Sale. He, he was talking to Rob from Beans and Dice, and he was like, hey, you know, we met, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, yeah, Carlos from Puerto Rico. He bought this mat in 2016, <laughs> Dice Tower East. Like, I don't know facts about Carlos' personal life. It's like, what the heck, man? He bought from you one time. He did that to Jeremy. He knew that Jeremy had bought the Cthulhu mat. Yeah, I yeah. Don't Jeremy's wife, Jamie, said, hey, we just bought a Cthulhu mat. He's like, oh, yeah, and he rattled off the dimensions. He was like, you just ordered it last week. Thanks. And their address, their kid's name, the <laughs> social security number. It was Berkey's. Their street you know, the street they were raised on. Now, this yeah. first time you guys had met Berkey, right? No, you and I played baseball highlights with him at Dice Tower East last year. Absolutely. You kicked my butt. I forgot all about it. I'm trying to, <laughs> still trying to remember. Forget <laughs> you just blocked it out. Jared, you? I had met him before, so that was the first time I'd ever met him. I had such a good time with him. Man. I don't, he, he was, was a super nice guy. last year, so. He was not. No, yeah. he was not. So, shout out to Berkey. He really did us, a, you know, what a favor for, <laughs> we we almost tripled our tickets when we started that promotion, right? I mean, yeah, at yeah. least double and and I guess at least double more than double. Yeah. Yeah, more than double. A little bit more than double during the promotion. So he really did uh did us a great favor by doing that big promotion. That, that was actually fun. Any yeah, other it was, it was really cool. There was a lot of there was a lot of stuff to give away and a lot of winners. So he even threw yeah, in it, some extra there, right? In the middle of the convention. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it was wild. So yeah, like like Jared said, uh, anybody who wanted to could roll dice. If you got over a 30 out of a possible 60, your name was on the list. And for 45 minutes straight, people were rolling dice. Like it never stopped. I mean, I, I think more than half of the batch holders probably rolled dice. And if you and, didn't and why win, you still got that sweet Game Toppers LLC pin, right? Yeah. Put yeah. on your, your Game Topper he, he actually ran out of those. By your own. Really? He yeah. brought he brought sixty pins, ran out. And that's just for the people that got thirty and over. Right. <laughs> I brought a hundred and twenty um piece of candy and I only had about twenty twenty five left. So I mean, I, we rolled at least 160, 180 people through that that uh, thing. I was just happy because Berkey uh, confided to me that when Grant Lyon ran it at uh, Origins, they only, you know, they had a much less than we had. So <laughs> hey, take that Grant Lyon. We What's up? we dusted him. It, it was funny. Who's BJ the professional like, comedian now, man? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, BJ, you were like, hey, you know, whenever it's time for the meet and greet, if you don't mind just coming over and giving me a hand, I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I thought it'd be just kind of a couple minutes. And then Berkey's trying to greet people and, you know, be a salesman and, and, and tell them what to do and write on the paper and, and hand out everything. So you and I kind of just became the guys that were like counting the dice, writing on the names, you were handing them the candy. And <laughs> it was something I thought would be a couple minutes. And uh, another thing, I regretted it, but yeah, it was just like, okay, this line, it's never going to end. This is crazy. It was a whole hour from 4.30 to 5.30. That's and well, plus the setup. It was, five plus the setup. it was 5.22. And the reason I know is because I felt bad for the Beans and Dice guys. Could we? He ran out of pens, so he called it, and they had just walked back in. Oh, I think yeah. they were trying to get back in for 5.30, but that's fine. That's fine. It was like waves, though. We had like a huge wave that came in, and it trickled. Then another wave that came well, in. Well, I think what happened was people, people saw the long line, and they waited until it was about over, and then they came and got in line. 
It might have also been me you, walking you, around. I was going to say, you went. You <laughs> oh, you went and got that whole around. game of Coalition, too. I forgot yeah, about you that. Yeah, the whole walk around. Said, I did. And Josh, it's Joshua, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, Josh Bala. Josh was so funny because he, he would not break character. And he stopped and said, all right, all those in favor of taking a break to go do the thing, you know, whatever, you know, raise your hand or your mitten or whatever it is that they do during that game. I've never played the game. so That's so in the theme of that game. Yeah, it's a voting thematic. game. They had to vote. No one could leave unless they voted to leave, and they did. So That's great. We, ran, we rolled a, a super amount of people through that, and everybody seemed to be just happy with just chucking dice, and it was good. It was a good, a good way to start the Saturday, but... This is supposed to be about Friday night setup. Anything, anything else on Friday night setup? I know what was fun is also I got to hang out with Carla and Nick and uh, Jay from Houston and Weird Draft Games on Friday night. That was kind of fun. So I don't know if you guys got to talk to them. Uh, yeah, I talked to Carla. Uh, I, I walked by at one point and I saw her playing a copy of um, Explosion in the Lab. And I was like, hey, uh, when am I getting my copy of that? Uh -huh. She's like, I hope in the next week. I was like, okay, I was not expecting that soon. And she said, realistically, maybe closer to a month, but it sounds like it's close to deliver. Speaking of that, okay, I think all three of us played Explosion Live in the. Mm -hmm. in I think the we lab, played it right? together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, but we played a pretty rough copy. Mm -hmm. That copy was gorgeous. I yeah, yeah. I didn't see that copy. I wish I, I wish I would have saw it. Well, well, so you know, she had publicized that she had two or three prototypes she was going to be playing. So that's why I was surprised to see that one whenever I passed by, and it definitely caught my eye. It it did not look like the version we played, Jared. Really, that's oh. cool. Super sweet artworks, really easy to see, very thematic. So I, I didn't actually, Mitchell, I didn't recognize the game until really? I was like, hey, what is this? And she's like, that's that one uh, you guys uh, streamed for me. Uh, explosion in the in the laboratory. Like, mm. man. And what was cool about her table is, you know, she had some scheduled times, uh, but I had a friend, Alicia, this was her first gaming con, and um, she had signed up for the Fire in the Library. It was a dice version, right? Or Roland, Roland Wright that she's working on. Anyway, Fire in the Library? Yeah, was it a card dice game? game? Yeah, card game, card okay. Game, yeah. So the card game version. She had signed up for that, but whenever she sat down at the table, she told Carla that she had never played the original game. So she's like, well, why don't I teach her the original game then? So it's kind of cool how she could be a little, you know, so instead of playing this this game that was based on a game she never played on, she just said, hey, play the original game. And she was kind of able to be flexible like that. So that was kind of cool. That was neat. So it was cool cool to see them again. I used to hang out with them at all the cons. Uh, but lately, she's she, when she goes to cons and I'm at cons, she likes hanging at the unpub or, you know, proto spiel. Oh, yeah, type she was there all day. Areas. So you saw, I knew exactly what she would do. She literally just plopped right in the middle of the go pub. And she told me she had such a good time because, because we made it prominent. A lot of times at these unpub events, they're kind of way off in the back and nobody gets to see them. And we make it a focus of the thing. We want designers and publishers to come. Yeah, yeah, we had, we had a ton of GoPub this year, and there were very maybe Sunday there was a little bit less, but Saturday, anytime I passed by right there, they were running playthroughs. Like, even there were so many walkups that were accommodated. I hope they got a lot of good feedback. This is the second time in a row I don't get to play um, the playground game because it was full every oh, time yeah. I went by, and then I tried to play Chaos Cove. That's the new game from Martin Wallace that Hutchu Games is doing. That Jared, I don't know if you know, Carlos Roy did all the uh, graphic design for. Well, from mm -mm. here in the gumbo, yeah, Carlos did the graphic design for it, but I never got a chance to play Chaos Cove at all. It was always full. Every it was always full. Part. I kept walking by, it, seeing it looked really interesting. It looked really cool. Um, but it did was always play, busy. There was always a game in. Did either one of y'all get to play any of the Go Pub games? No, I didn't play the Go Pub stuff. Uh, Beans and Dice play Chaos Cove. They said mechanically it was pretty cool. There was still some stuff to figure out. They they made a choice, so they decided with the design of the game, or I guess the the artistic design. There's like nothing, no like icons or anything on the board itself. You have a play rate that tells you what the different board locations do. And the biggest feedback 
that the beans and dice guys had and everybody else was like you might want to have it on the board so it sounds like yeah. they may end up implementing that yeah mm. well, more work for carlos more work. I, saw yeah. jay, I saw jay was there doing all of his games and and uh doing jay's all games stuff. were popular again every yep. time i passed by jay was showing a different game <laughs> looked like pivot was very popular yeah and ludicraft the, too the, i was i was gonna say the surprise to me was how many people came back and said I'm going to back Ludicraft if it goes to Kickstarter. Like I had a lot of people tell me that they really enjoyed it, which kind of surprised me because it's kind of a meta game, but it's very meta. Yeah. <laughs> board game about designing board games. But we are the right target audience for it. Right. So, right. Uh, I, I didn't get to try it, but um, somebody that played it, er, an earlier prototype with me, played it again. Was it you, Jared, that, that was talking about it? Maybe not. We had played it early. We had played, a, played it a couple months ago. But I somebody that played it this weekend said, mm -hmm. Oh, it was Barnes. Barnes was telling me that when he mm. played it this time, he's like, oh, man, it's it's even more thematic than it was before. So uh, I think it was Barnes. I, I, I can't really remember. But did you get a chance to try Ludicraft, uh, Mitchell? I no, didn't. I didn't. Mm -hmm. All right. Any games you guys play on Friday night? I played nothing uh, except I played After Us online with the Meeple Town crew. So <laughs> that was my only game all night was After Us. Anything? Jared and I tried to play Fabled, and then I had to be a jerk and leave halfway through. But uh, no, uh, you know, so we had we had the the ballroom to set up until eight, and then the, the university was going to let us stay in the side room in the test room until midnight. And about seven thirty or seven something like that, Sagan and John were like, "Hey, I'm out. Can you get everybody to the ballroom by eight? And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I was like, "Well, I haven't eaten yet." So I had to really quickly at 730 <laughs> run over to the festival to get some food and to get back to get it, kick everybody out of the ballroom. So I had to dip out of that game. And you moved interesting. over to the test room? Yeah, we moved over to the test room. Yep. But that was one of the play-to-win games, Fabled. What did you think of it, Jared, the, our half of play that we got? Uh, it seems really interesting. Um, you know, it's that you're – everybody basically has a set of little druid guys. Um, it was it druids? I can't – for the life of me, I cannot something remember. Something like that. Yeah. Something like a druids or wanderers or something like that. Don't ask Mitchell and, about the theme, man. <laughs> Essentially, you're just you're, you're playing a card, and that card has little roads on it. And when you play a card, you put your villagers, your little dudes on the road. And then over time, those guys are going to be walking across, getting bonuses. And you're trying to upgrade. You know, there's like a tier system of, of books. And if you can get it to the highest tier of book, that's the victory points of the game. That's the whole kind of crux of the game is getting all of your books upgraded to that whatever fourth tier of books is. So it was really interesting. I wish I. I would have liked to play the whole game and figure out kind of how it ended. And, you know, is it something that's going to end at like 22 points or something or 10 points? Yeah, really I think it'd close? be low, low score. Or is it, you know, yeah. So, cause you're having to trade in two for one and they have to do that four times to get up. So it's yeah. going to be hard to get points. The, the allies seem really interesting. There's some really strong ally powers that I could tell just off the beginning where, you know, there was like two or three allies. Each person had one ally or two allies and they seemed really mm -hmm. powerful. So the artwork was pretty striking. Yeah, I think that's why you picked it up, right, Jared? You just saw the box. Yeah, I did. We were uh, we were getting Sobo ready a couple weeks ago. I had saw the box and I said, "Oh, I should learn how to play this one because this one seems really interesting." So this um, is Fabled: The Spirit Lands from mm -hmm. Crow D or Crowd Games. That's what that's what y'all are talking about. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. One of the play to win games. Mm -hmm. What'd you think, Mitchell? What'd you think of it? Yeah, it was definitely different than what I expected because it's pretty much. I mean, all you do on your turn is you flip out a card, and then as a result of that. Your, your dude goes on it and then um the second thing you just pick one of the four terrains and said everybody on this terrain move forward mm -hmm. so it's not like there's a lot of choices but because there's not a lot of choices i think there were only like eight rounds you have to really make those decisions count mm -hmm. um, there were some times where you have like some some actions at the end of a turn based on where your meeple ended up 
Yeah. But um, were you the first co-op, co-op or competitive? No, see, it was competitive versions. Yeah, there is a there co-op. Of us. I think there's co-op in the rules, but I don't see how. I'd have to go figure out how co-op even works in that game. But did you find that your brotherhood explores the fabled lands of the spirit world? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so are they monks? Is that what it is? Uh, your sages follow winding paths and visit fabled places along the way. Sure, so we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then we got to play your big box of village, which Jared was kill- like fussing at me the whole time because I didn't want to kill what? my workers. And he's like, you're supposed to be killing your workers. And I'm like, I didn't want to kill my workers. He's like, you're not going to win not, if you don't kill your workers. They're not workers. There is no worker. <laughs> it's a Halloween game. game. They have it's... the they have the Grim Reaper, right? In village or is that only in my village? I think it's only in my village. In, this in my one, village, they have the green Grim Reaper that kills your people and they go to a graveyard and... You want them to go there if they've done certain things, so that way you you bring honor to your village because they're like yeah, prestige. You know, prestige yeah, this right. whole thing is basically yeah, it's okay. essentially that. But it's, that's also the kind of the timer of the game, and so that game ended up taking a lot longer than it probably <laughs> should. Saying have. it's my fault. <laughs> I'm not saying I it's won, your fault. So Nobody was killing off anybody. It was like <laughs> it felt like it was just me and and Ian. I think that was even <laughs> killing people off. And we're talking about the latest hotness village. Came out in 2011 <laughs> <laughs> from Eggert's Field. No, but you were super excited excited about this game. I don't know if you got the Stronghold version or who made the big box version, but uh, that was plan. That was the Plan B. Place, plan B did Plan B reprint yeah. of the big box. So they they added you know all four major expansions and in, uh, into the game. So uh, yeah, and you, you had never played it before, Mitchell. Yeah. No, I had not. I've always wanted to play it. Secret Ball has been talking about it for years. Jared and I have been talking about getting a copy for a while. I'm just glad he paid for it, not me. <laughs> I already own my village, which is the dice game version of, of uh, Village. But um, it's it um, fun. It, I really enjoyed it, but I think that the game is probably a little bit more enjoyable if everybody knows how to play. Yeah. And so you're because there, it did feel like there was times where nobody was really doing anything we were just trying to figure out how do we make this last a little bit longer or how do i do this or how do i do this just the and base I, game or you all threw in some expansions we threw in the the beer expansion with mm-hmm. the inn which i don't know if i would play without it it just yeah adds, it felt it, whenever you told me that's what the expansion was i was surprised because it felt very integrated yeah next time i want to try the ports i think if i recall people say the port one is a bit more enjoyable than the the caravan which is what mitchell hounded pretty much the whole time <laughs> he made sure he maxed out the caravan um did y'all finish yeah we did yeah yeah we finished yeah i think it ended up did we have with a winner? the teach and stuff it was Mitchell, Me. yeah oh, by nice. what was it like four or five points something like that it's more like eight points oh. you know it was counting how many how many hours I think really it took like two. two hours. Yeah, okay. I think it took like two hours. And you'll play the two player or you'll play four. I played four players. Oh wow. That was the other thing. I wonder if I might enjoy it more at like a two or three player count. Two feels like player. it might be a little scant. Maybe three. Was the beans yeah. and dice with y'all? Is that who played it? Nick and uh, Rob? No, they were playing. I don't remember what they were playing. Expeditions? Um, Was they playing expeditions? They were playing, no, they're playing Barcelona. They were playing Barcelona. They were playing. They were playing Fine Dan a, a drugstore. <laughs> no, no, that was the next day. That was the next day. No, uh, we played with Ian and Connor. They were playing Barcelona with uh, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I never got to play Barcelona. My number one Envy game of the whole weekend. <laughs> I didn't even saw it. I know, I know it was played, but I never it, even it sat played. in that in that test room the entire weekend. I kept walking in there, and it was sitting on the counter oh, the man. entire weekend. 
I won. I, I did two Envy games. I got one of them knocked out, but I never got to play Barcelona at some point. I saw also y'all having the list of uh, the great split. That's a new game I haven't heard of, I don't think. Ha ha ha, you're so funny. <laughs> See, I, I love that when, game. Whenever I was packing games that I wanted to bring, I, I brought games that could accommodate higher player counts without being extremely long. So I grabbed that, Hadrian's Wall, Twilight Inscription, those kind of things. In addition without to being really long and Twilight Inscription being in that pile. Twilight <laughs> Inscription. Maybe an hour and a half max. If you play with people who know what they're doing, if you play with people who've never played, there's no the, way you're getting the teach minutes. alone is 30 minutes for people. That <laughs> there's no it. way I've played it three times and there's one board. I still don't even understand. I've never played on it. I don't even use it. I don't, I don't know how it so works. I'm going to mention the fact that we didn't finish our game of twilight inscription because it uh, does not shock me. The ballroom was closing Saturday night. <laughs> that doesn't shock me. Yeah. The great split. Did it go over well? Yeah. Yeah. I taught it. Actually, I played a, uh, uh, three maybe three games of the great split over the, the con just because anytime i was with a group of people and we had 30 minutes it's like hey let's bang this out real quick just six turns and uh, people <laughs> seem to enjoy it did friday night did any of y'all make it to the festival at all other than just the food or was there i, I grabbed food and i ran back to kick everybody out of the ballroom all right well that was friday night unfortunately my friday night ended around eight so i didn't have a very long night and it started at seven forty-five. so <laughs> i was there pretty early on saturday i think me and sagan were the first two I didn't, we were there with the workers opening it up. So when I, I showed see. up, you were not there. Did you come, come and go a few times? I did. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was there. I was there way early. I was bored. Um, <laughs> I got up pretty early. I got there and me and Sagan were setting up the dexterity games. And I mean, I wasn't doing anything, but I was just wandering around blabbing, but kind of buzzing in his ear. But no, I think I had some stuff to, to set up in the, uh, in the back with all those games. So that's ma mainly what I, what I was working on. But, and then I think I left at some point. Uh, went to Reds, but uh, yeah. So, set, unless you wanted to talk about Long Shot, the dice game. Oh no, it's just that was one of the hot games, um, and one of the teachers uh, live that I met. Um, that actually he got involved because uh, Sagan went out to the D and D night at UL, and um, ah. and not only did Live End Up Coming, but actually ended up volunteering in our hot games area. And he hadn't played it, and he said, "I read the rules, but I'm a little murky on them." So we sat down and played a quick game of it. Uh, Doug and Connor, and I think Josh Bala played with us. Um, I didn't see. Weekend. I didn't see everybody, but I do want to shout out to Love and to um, mm. Matt Matt uh, Gaspard from, um, well, he's from two different play groups because he's kind of from your area, but he's also kind of from uh, Sinlaw, right? Sinlaw, yeah. Right? Yeah, but he's really originally from, um, he's a New Iberia boy. I didn't know but, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he actually worked there for many years, but shout out to those two and to Brian Barnes because they put in a lot of time. Matt went above and beyond anything he had to do. He just hung out at the hot game room all day on Saturday and Sunday. So shout out to those guys. All right, let's get to Saturday. Saturday was a full day because Dude, nonstop started at nine. And I mean, when we opened the doors, people started coming in and we're running straight to the uh, hot game. I mean, to the uh, play, the play to wins. wins. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And, um, and then it closed at 11. Not for me. Close <laughs> much earlier than that. Man, I missed out on so much this year. Oh, and before we get before we get to everything on Saturday, the plate in we have to talk about it because I normally do a list of the top games that are checked out each year. And unfortunately or unfortunately, it's always skewed by the plate wins because people <laughs> people do. What do you think? Let, so I, so what I do is I do two different lists. What do you think was the the top? play to win game that was checked out all weekend it had to be fit to print because it was in both days and i saw everybody playing it mm -hmm. Jared? 
or Oceans because that was also both days. Play to win the Oceans top made to the top 10. It did. There was a lot Fit of praise. didn't? Jared, do you think he's right? Uh, probably, but I'm going to go with – I'm trying to think of what ones were in the play to win. There's a couple of surprises here. What was the – I didn't get to play at the Savannah – Savernick Forest. Savernick Forest. I saw a couple of people playing that one, so I wasn't sure if that it one was It shocks me. Savernick Forest did not make the top ten. Hmm. Um, okay, I have a couple honorable mentions before we announce it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think also Deep Dive, because you know, it, was, it was part of that uh, uh, both days thing. Lock and Key, Expeditions, Dice Throne. I feel like those have got to be on there because there's a big – All right, so you've got Dice Throne on there. Yeah. yeah, you're all over there. So Deep Dive, Fit to Print, Point City – it was a three-way one-two-three top, a tied fit to print in Point City at second, but Deep Dive was number one by far. Mm. Those three from AEG, really from Flat Out Games, but AEG mm-hmm, right. is co-publishing them. Uh, they were popular for reason. Not only were they there, I think both days, right? Yeah. But also, they're just good games. All three yeah. of these games are really good. Uh, I think I would rank them fit to print, Point City, Deep Dive, but I like all three. I really do. They're good games. I think but I yeah. like. Point City more than I liked Fit to Print. I think I joined Point City more than Fit Mitchell. I only got to play Fit to Print. I played very few games. Um, oh, okay. But Fit, I, I I enjoyed the concept of Fit to Print. I did horribly my first time because I'm not good at tile laying. And then whenever you add in, uh, you know, a timer, and uh, not even like, knowing how many tiles you actually have. To oh yeah, yeah, dude, it was have. so bad. So like the fir- the first round, I got way too many tiles. So the second time, I'm like, I'm not gonna get too many. And, but the board got bigger, and it looks like it's not getting that bigger because it's just a line. But those right. lines add up. So mm-hmm. like half my page just filled the second day. <laughs> anyway, I was the guy at the end that I didn't uh, advertise enough, so my yeah. paper went out of business. But yeah, I played again did. later. I taught someone else, and I did a little bit better. Yeah. So so top three: deep dive, then fit to print, then point city, and then a surprise for me was spots. At number four, oh, you could play on BGA. That I wasn't a play that one. Quite. Oh, do I have that wrong? It, it was in the library, and it was also in the hot games. That might have been why. Hmm. Well, I take that back. Oh, good. Well, I have not published the blog post. It's not going out okay. until Thursday. So, thank you. Oh, fix that. I didn't realize. Yeah, we had that. a lot of. So, I can see why you're confused. We got sixty or seventy play to wins. We had seventy play wins, Jared. Yeah. Seventy, thirty-five yeah, a day. Crazy. No, so I mean, spots you walk to the play one table each day, and it's like just a. Smattering of interesting looking games to play. So there were Panorama was next. Uh, I, I saw someone who was super disappointed they didn't win Panorama. Apparently, it was really good. She really liked it. I had never heard of it. And then I've Expeditions never heard of it. I didn't even see it on there. Expeditions, Block and Key, Cat and Box. Um, yeah. Dice Throne Season Two, very popular. And Oceans Deluxe, very popular. Yeah. So big shout out to Dom at uh, North Star. Because we gave out a lot of Oceans games. 12, right? <laughs> no, we gave out 12 all total. Yeah. I think we still have a couple left. If our Trekking Through right. History should have been on that list, but that's okay. It was. We got to talk about that a little bit later. But wait, I don't think we have any Oceans left because we ended up throwing it in the second day of the raffle. Oh, we did? All. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me see if Trekking Through History is going to make the top 10 now that Spots is out. Yeah, because that was, that was next. Mm. Trekking Through History. Actually, it was tied. It was Trekking Through History tied with Captains of the Gulf. Oh, surprisingly right. yeah well i saw a lot of people that uh you know jason got to talk to a lot of people about the game yeah. and stuff and so i think that definitely helped and that was cool a lot of people enjoyed uh being able to talk to the designer about it he did some guided playthroughs as well as that one in crescent city well let's get back to our list and then we'll talk about the non play to win games because i want to hear what uh jared already knows the top one but uh, i want to hear what mitchell thinks the top 10 how does he already know oh we, we were waiting on you and we were just oh, jabbing about the number one so huh 
So Saturday, that was the Dice Extravaganza, but thanks to Jerry, we already talked about it. It was a fantastic event. <laughs> you so, started that. You set me up for the one thing, one contribution this, I made. Just you, for the setup. I wanted you to talk about your board. You're setting up your board that night. So uh, big shout out to Jesse and Bernie and Matt from iHeartBoard Games and Table Talk. They streamed all day. And if you haven't watched the stream yet, I had it in the background while I was working. It is funny. And you also see Jared's face about six feet wide, 10 feet tall. <laughs> they zoomed in on his nose. That's for a funny. Well, well, there was a Ma lot of shots of Mitchell, too. Where was Melissa this year? I was surprised she got, not that she was sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry to hear that. She got sick, and Joe had to do some kind of a volunteer work. So he, he missed out also. So both of them were bummed not to be able to make it. Um, so he's supposed to have five or six people to help him stream for both days. And then he was down to three. So, and I was not much help because I was at reds half the time. <laughs> so, I was supposed to walk around with those, those mics of his and do this man on the street thing where he'd follow me with the camera and I would interview people, but you know, I was never around long enough to do that. But I was surprised if you go back and watch it, he literally zooms in on a junk card game that, that Jared and Jack and Stephanie were playing. You know, I was wondering, it's cause we played commentary. that game. So we were going to talk about that later, but we played that game and um, it fell in that instance. And the first time it fell, because I won't talk too much about it and we'll talk about it later, but it fell. And I was like, man, I don't know how it fell, but nobody had gone. So we weren't sure whose point it was, who lost. You but then when I watched the video, somebody hit the table. I don't know oh, who it was. was. <laughs> somebody hit the table, but I didn't oh, know. That's when you had to leave to go yeah. set up for the bazaar. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but this was before you had met us. We had just started playing. No, but when if you, you watch the video, you'll see that uh, Jesse says the same thing. I, what, what what caused it? And Bernie's yeah. like, who's going to take all those pieces? It was a lot of pieces. Like, I know, pieces. Made, that's what made me go back and rewind. I watched it two or three times to try to figure out what happened. And then I saw it wiggle. I think somebody hit the table, but I don't know who it was. Yeah, our friends from Lafayette, we had Mitchell and um, you, I mean, uh, uh, Jeremy and Mitchell and Logan and Doug. And I mean, there's like, they're all over the video on there. In that yeah, because y'all kind of, they kind of camped out around uh, the iHeart Board Games stream. And, and I, Stephanie had no idea. Stephanie's on the stream for like eight hours. Yeah, <laughs> eight hours of Stephanie. Because she was always there. in that seat facing. I and know. so when the every time he would look up the camera, her face was right there. But man, he went to the other side of the room and he caught, he he followed John Newman playing a game for a while, <laughs> and he's giving commentary because you couldn't hear him that, from that far. So he's like supplying. Oh, I think John's going to do this. Blah blah blah. They were trying to figure out what the game was. That's that, funny. It was Jesse's idea to do that, and I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic idea. But I did hear from Jeremy that he's not, or maybe Doug, he's going to try not to sit so close to the camera. This <laughs> that time. was Doug, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's the iHeart Board Games. Big shout-out to them. Uh, we, You want to talk about Bizarre first or what we played? Yeah, let's get, to, let's get to what you guys bought and sold. Sure. You want to start at the end of the day? Sure, that sounds like a, a great, great idea. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> so the Bizarre at the end of the day, what do we do? <laughs> Sold and bought games. Hey, you put no. it. You're the one who put it right there. I don't, no, 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 no. I thought we were listing everything that happened. No, it was the first okay. annual Sobo Bazaar, and there was a lot of energy, a buzz, and it was supposed to last like an hour, and I think it went much longer that we moved the, the, the Challengers tourney. But people, that room, people were going in and out nonstop for like two hours, and everybody I talked to said they, they made like a good amount of money selling their used games. So I think it was good on both ends. People were getting good deals left and right. I'd 
I did okay. I actually, you know, I, I sold some of my own games and I sold some of my review games and I surprised John because I didn't tell him I was doing this with a little cash donation to the to Sobo that came from the review game. So that that was uh that was kind of fun doing that. So thank you to all the people that bought some of my review games. I realized I could have just given away for free, but it was a it was a nice little donation to to Sobo to help him out with the ticket sales. So uh I sold a bunch. How many games do you think were in there? At least a thousand, right? And there was there was at least, there was eleven tables, right? And everybody had at least ten games, so I would and say over we, a thousand. We also had John New. <laughs> eleven times ten is. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I would say probably like two hundred, right? There was like each don't, table had don't about. Forget. Oh no, we had more than we had more Way than more at our table. I had twenty something games. Jay had fifteen or twenty games. You had three or four very expensive games. <laughs> I have one. I had one game, and I honestly had it up there, and I wasn't even sure if I was going to sell it. How about our friend John? It didn't sell, so it not only did not get a table, like didn't sign up for a table. <laughs> not only that, but we're all set up, and he takes our table and just plops games and then leaves. <laughs> hey, I'm not upset because I ended up buying off that table. So, <laughs> oh, did you? And one of my acquisitions was from that the Imperial Salt. Oh, okay. Yeah, you and I missed out on a game, though, Jerry. Both of us were looking at Eclipse, and then we were talking about it. We are debating about it. And when we looked back, <laughs> it was gone. It was gone. It was gone. So we didn't get it. Uh, did, how'd you do on sales, Mitchell? You sold some? No, I bought too many games. <laughs> Mitchell does not sell. Mitchell I don't sell. does not sell. I games. only buy. That's true. I bought games from both of y'all. Oh, and you Jared did? lied to me. I said, I didn't know if I wanted ex Ares Expedition if it wasn't the, the dual thick player boards. They're like, oh, it is. I and thought it was. Not, it's I not literally me. haven't opened it. It's not. Uh -oh. Okay. Oh man, sorry for that. Well, I apologize. I don't even have a list. I sold a bunch of games, but I ended up buying two games not at the bazaar. Although it was nothing against it, there was some good games at the bazaar. I just, I just, I went to Dan and bought. Um, what did I buy? Wandering Towers. Wandering Towers, and I bought Boop from uh, Anubis, and I bought some dice from Van. Wait, so you I bought I, I bought the boop, not mm. regular boop. And you had you have you played boop for the first time at the con, right? That was my very first time ever playing boop. I yeah. loved it, man. I dug it. I'm hoping that Linda's gonna like it. So, that's and if fun. not, it's a 15 minute game, so she she can deal with it and play it with you sometimes. It's <laughs> so, I know who will like it. Evelyn's gonna like playing it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I play it with my kids too. Um, yeah. you mentioned Dan at Sanctuary. I actually got to talk to him for a little bit, and I, after at the end of Saturday, and I asked him how he did, and he said he did really, really well. And he said, ironically, like he had someone manning his shop and he was doing well over there too. Like I thought all the board gamers would be at Sobo. But anyway, he said, yeah, it was really, really good in the morning. And then in the middle of the day, there was a slump. And it was at the end of the day, I was like, well, you see what happened was people wanted to go play games. And then they yeah. played the game and they went buy them from you because they enjoyed them. So yeah, I was glad I, that they did well. Think back to whenever you go to a convention. I shop first thing in the morning, right? Like if there's nothing going on and, and right when it opens, you'll go get that game you really wanted to get before any, before it sells out. And then after that, yeah, I wait till Sunday. You know what I mean to buy, to buy mm -hmm. see if I still want to buy it by a game or not. So, uh, yeah, he said he did very well, and Anubis said they did well. I didn't talk to Van about how his sales were, but uh, you know, it seemed like he had a good time. So, mm -hmm. I saw that spell book, and I contemplated the entire weekend. I never ended up buying it, but I know they have it. So if I'm interested, I might walk over there. And, and take All right, and you over. bought you you got Imperial Salt from John. And you bought Merchants of the Dark Road? Is that right? Uh, no. 
That's what it says on this show notes. Are you lying yeah. again? Um, no, 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 no. Merchant's Dark Road. That was just something I acquired over the weekend. But the weekend. Okay. that was through something else. Had you played it before? I have played it one time. Um, yeah, it's a good game. But um, It was one of our guided playthroughs this year, actually. Yeah. So. And I didn't sell all of them, but I sold many of my rare undiscovered treasures from all over the world. So I had games you can't not you can't even get on BGG. You can't get at your local FLGS because nobody sales, wants them. My sales pitch didn't always work. <laughs> I really well. It was funny. I I went in the bazaar at the beginning just to make sure everything was running smoothly. I don't remember what game it was. Oh, on the rocks, and you were like you were trying to pitch it, and a few minutes later, Patrick Newman walks into the the ballroom holding on the rocks. I was like, I guess his sales pitch worked. No. Patrick. Oh, so you don't know the story? No. I had already sold on the rocks to Patrick Newman a week ago. Oh, and you were trying to sell it to me? And I was trying to sell it to like 10 people. And Newman comes up. He's like, hey, I'm here to pick up my game. I'm like, wait, what game? He's like, on the rocks. Remember we? Uh, I told you a week ago. I'm like, Patrick, thank God you came. I tried to sell it five times. <laughs> I totally I was. I didn't print out my list, so I didn't have that That you and Patrick uh, had done that. But thank God you came right away and were like, hey, make sure you don't sell this. This is this is the, this is the one I'm getting. And But Patrick was late. And so I almost sold on the rocks. That would have been very embarrassing. Yeah. But of course, he hadn't paid me yet. So. And then yeah. uh, John Newman with uh, his table, he didn't buy. He had some unlock games for literally two bucks. And I was like, it's two dollars. Why would I not buy this? You know. Oh, you bought uh, some? Yeah, two of them. Four dollars for two games. So that was nice. Oh, you can't beat that at all. So. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like you did uh, pretty well. You bought you bought Smartphone Inc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's Who a good was selling that? Uh, the guy to the left of you. I don't remember his name, but he had a lot of stuff. Mm. Uh, yeah. There was a lot of stuff in that room. There, there was, was a lot, lot of good of stuff too. Really it was the Castles of Burgundy uh, Kickstarter reprint uh, from yeah, John that he that. sold. Yeah, but there was a lot of good games. I mean, um, I forgot uh, Carla's uh, what the table she was on. It was kind of like in that corner to our left. Mm -hmm. She had all. She had the Flamecraft. Flamecraft Deluxe, complete right? Complete Deluxe, including the plushies, including like the license plate. It had like a blanket. I mean, it was like there's so many things that she got from the Kickstarter. And and somebody paid somebody paid what she was asking for. So yep, that was impressive. All right, enough enough about shopping. Unless you guys uh, bought anything from the game stores, we can talk about the raffle. That's kind of shopping. Nice little segue. Oh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had some awesome games donated. Um, some from BJ, some from publishers that we were like, we already have so many play wins. What do we do with this? You know. So we decided to have a, a, a raffle benefiting New Hope. And uh, also some game toppers as well. Really, really great packages. We had a bunch of people buy tickets. And then at the end of the night, whenever we pulled the ticket, somebody was like, the guy who won, he's like, wait, I get all of this? I thought I was going to be getting one of them. <laughs> that happened both times. They're like, wait, we get all this? Wait, we get the play mat that's underneath it as well? So we had some very happy campers each day with the <laughs> raffle. I know. I mean, maybe we didn't do enough publicity about how, hey, if you spend $5, you have a chance to take home 10 or 12 games plus a game toppers giant, you know, Three foot by five foot mat. Yeah, that's something we can clarify more for next year. But literally, at, we said at 930, we were going to pull the ticket. I had people shouting my name at 930. Pull the ticket. They were ready. Like, they were waiting. Uh, yeah. They were excited about it. By the way, that Dune mat we gave, that is one of the ones from the Kickstarter. You yeah, can't it's not even, even out buy yet. that right now. You know? Yeah. So, Berkey was like, you're giving that away? I was like, yeah, well, you're sending me another one. So, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just replacing this one with this one. So, yeah, I was, I was very happy. And it seemed to generate. A, I, I tried to count how many tickets we sold, but. You know, each day it's it it seemed to be at in the hundreds, like 150 or so tickets. So yeah, the, the guy who won on Sunday, he had like a whole roll of them that he pulled out to find his right number. He bought a lot. Well, I'm glad he was able to win it. So yep, that is the uh, 
Did you have anything more in acquisitions or on uh, the raffle, Jared? Nope. No, no. I sold a couple small things, but not much. Anything. All right. Well, let's get to the games played. I only played one game on Saturday, and that was Thunder Road Vendetta. Very jealous. Very jealous. Okay. I never even wanted to play Thunder Road Vendetta. I'm like, oh, I like racing games. I love racing games. This doesn't look like a real racing game. This looks like just Ameritrash dice chucking. It's not a racing game, is it? I mean, it is a racing game. Technically. technically. I mean, technically. Has it ever been in a race? ever finished in a race oh my god that was so much fun i completely dug that game i yeah. dug it to the point where i'd like to buy a copy i don't know about the maximum chrome edition but what is that the, just the, the deluxe version maximum <laughs> yeah. chrome it comes with like the uh i, I know you get the, you get the motorcycles the, you get the motorcycles and you the get big the big truck the big rig yeah and I think a little it, bit of upgraded components, I think. It but. comes with a module where uh, players can take on uh, unique little powers. Each person has like a unique uh, – we were just playing generic boards, basically. But uh, in the Maximum Chrome one, supposedly, if I, if I understood it right, it has the, all these little mm -hmm. modules you can add. But it's just the whole thing. It's the graphic design. It's the – it's <laughs> somebody said – and I'm not disparaging Restoration Games. It was their you know first big Kickstarter. But they said this is the game that Fireball Island was trying to be. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the production is spot on perfect yeah. and the game is tuned. I'm telling you, this is a very smooth experience. Everybody that likes, you know, Ameritrash games, but even the Euro guy like me, there's there's some Euro elements where you know you're you're trying to efficiently get through this this maze of destruction. There's all these hazards and uh, people that you're trying to avoid and and they're get to the chopper they bring the chopper out and and, and you start shooting you. Yeah, yeah yeah oh yeah well the thing i love about the game is like as much as you plan at the end of the day it's just chaos and then even if i get blown off the road it's it's so much fun because it's like you can blow up a car that lands on my car that blows up off the road. it's just like it's so unexpected you never know what's going to happen you're looking at these dice rolls to see what happens and then whenever you realize just how much is about to happen just because you decided to go over that hazard it's it's like a ball of laughs. It's a great so game. Who do you know that has it? Uh, my buddy uh, Chris has it. Chris Giat. I played it a few months ago. Right when it Is came out. Is that Chris that won the uh, Challengers tournament? No, he wasn't. He wasn't uh, at the conference. Okay. It's Chris. Okay. Yeah, Jared. It's it's a blast. We need it we need to like find a copy. Super. I would I would love to I would love to try it out myself. Yeah, it's it's. Blast. Everybody's been talking about it. all the podcasts. If you listen to, to Beans and, and now Dice, this one too. Or, I think the Beans and Dice guys talked about it as well. Yeah. Board mm -hmm. Boys, all these guys. Yeah. So. Okay. I'm, quick aside, a little tangent here. What I mean, I'm trying to think of a better restoration game that I've played. I I, it, I think it's my favorite restoration game. Wow. I, I'm, I'm, well, I mean, man, I love Downforce. <laughs> I, oh, love I like Downforce. this better than Downforce for but sure. I got to say, I think I like this better than Downforce, man. I, I the Unmatched think. series is fantastic. It's just so okay. Good. No, no, it's Correction. so good. unmatched. Yeah. Then Thunder. If you're asking me which one I want to play, I'm going to play unmatched before Thunder Road Vendetta. Yeah. But it's very close. Thunder Road Vendetta, right up there. Fantastic game. All right, so that was that was my only play. Who wants to go next? You can go, Mitchell. Um, I know we can kind of talk about this together. We played Trekking Through History because that was one of the play the wins. You said you thought your your wife would like it. I know BJ oh, and I man. have talked about it before on the stream. How sad I didn't win, I'll be honest. I was sad I did not win. <laughs> yeah, we played it a bunch of times, by the way, Mitchell. He also well, he went and streamed it. it, right? Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. did you win that time? 
No, I did not win that time. And in a tie, and I lost because uh, he had more crystals left over, I think. is what Oh, wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I really enjoyed it. I think Landra would love that game. It's so simple. And, you know, we've played uh, – oh, no, I'm brain farting on the game. What was that one we played the other day with the, the, the years, and you're putting them in sequential order? Oh, ex- uh, exhibition. Exhibitions, 20th century. Oh, she loves that game. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see how she wouldn't enjoy Tracking Through History. You know, especially you add in that little element of trying to get the perfect coverage on your little card to, to get those bonus points. Yeah, I think she would enjoy it a lot. Mm-hmm. I uh, also play Cat in the Box with the Beans and Dice guys. Dan and Nick hadn't played before, and Nick, he's such a – He's such a shark. He had like 20 points, and I think I had two. <laughs> that is a game that you can really get screwed over in, and it breaks your brain. And that was one of the play to wins. So, uh, I, it, you know, it always takes like a round to figure out, wait, these cards don't have suits, you know? And then after the first round, they got it, and it was it was, uh, it was was a fun play. I don't like trick-taking games, except for Brian Borough. But <laughs> <laughs> I almost brought it on Sunday because you mentioned this oh, I Saturday. wish you would have. I really uh, wish you would. I mean, if you'd asked me, I would have brought it. But I you, like next time we meet up, it. next time we go to the the gumbo pot, you got to bring it because I've been dying to play it again. But I don't like trick taking games. But Cat in the Box does put that interesting twist on a trick taking game. So if I was going to play one, it's definitely one I would dive into because it's just it it adds that that extra element of where you get to make that decision versus just getting dealt. Oh, I got dealt, you know, five blue cards and two green, and that's all my options are. You get to, you just get dealt a bunch of numbers, and you decide what color they are and how to manipulate that. So, yeah, you you do have the really numbers. Yeah, the, the numbers. rest, yeah. the rest of the game, it seems to be playing the players, not yeah. the card, yeah. right? And the the thing is, it's like cr- the crew or um, other games like that where you don't necessarily want to always be winning the tricks mm. because in this, you have to bet how many tricks you think you'll win, and if you get the right number. Then you get like almost like a like area area majority, and so you're trying to line up your pieces to be around the same area. So you also you're not wanting to win the trick because maybe a lot of your other pieces that you've already played are lower numbers. So it's it's got a lot of layers to it. Yeah. Yep. That's that is a cool one. I do want to hear about War of Whispers, Jared. You know I like that game. Not my not my favorite style of a game, but I like the way this one does the sort of weird area it's sort it of was, it's, it's area hold on to your hat not really area that's a good way to describe it, it it's not it's like a you know it's like an area control game but you don't actually control an army like you are not it's not your army versus your opponent's army um yeah it's like I game of thrones it. you're like sending your people to influence other yeah. people it's it's, that's all it is. I mean, it's a war of whispers right so yeah. Yeah. um but i mean what did you think about jack it? and stephanie i mean Every time we have met up to play games in the last year, we have played War Whispers. We've played it together four or five times. Literally every time we play, we sit down and play games, War Whispers comes out at one point. So I'm really glad that you actually ended up bringing it to Mitchell because I thought about it 15 times when I was loading up my <laughs> car. I was like, no, I'm not going to bring it. We've, we play it before. But then you brought it, and I, as, as soon as I saw your copy, I was like, "Oh, I have to play. We're gonna, we're gonna." Now I don't have the blinged out copy like you, but you did say like the the colors were better to see in the retail yeah, version, yeah, right? Yeah, the, it looks like the retail version. They kind of, uh, if you ever play War Whispers, there are towers and little haystacks for farms representation on the map. In the deluxe copy from the original, it is so hard to see that in reference to the board. It's true. 
but in the it's new cool. one, they did a really good job of of highlighting those elements and playing. I never understood why they didn't just make plastic pieces to no fit the towers idea. and all that. Yeah. You, they did. It was like a you had to get a certain level or something oh, to okay. get it because, or either that or everybody's three D printing, which I would love to get a copy of or just the three D printed little haystacks and towers. So I think the benefit for Jack and Steph is that this is Jack's kind of game, mm-hmm. so he's already excited to play it. But also, Steph has played it enough now to where. She doesn't have to remember all of the rules, although she keeps telling us that she doesn't know the rules, and then she and keeps then winning. Keeps mopping the floor with <laughs> us. She keeps winning yeah. every time. But yeah, it's um, a it's a fun one. It, I, it appeals to everybody. Game. You you've got the you know you've got the in your face you know directly messing with other people. Although at the same time, you have no idea you might actually be helping them. Right? The they may have the same color as you. Going, I know you're brown. Your <laughs> brown is definitely your top five. It's in your times five, and then you turns around and you're playing Uncle Barry and. Yellow's his top five and Brown's his negative one. And you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I remember, yeah, that game we played on stream. Like, who knew what BJ was doing? And then I think Logan and I literally had the exact same arrangement, but he had changed one time, and that was the tiebreaker. Yeah, I hadn't changed. Yeah. yeah. Well, Saturday for me, like I said, I didn't play a lot of games. I taught a ton of games, so we haven't really talked about guided playthroughs, but we had 16 guided playthroughs of hot new games. Um, you had Marrakesh because I, I saw you setting it up. Yeah, I taught Marrakesh on Saturday and Expeditions on Sunday. Um both groups, I think, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, during Marrakesh, we actually took a break to go see the um, the eclipse real quick. Two people in in my group had those eclipse uh, glasses; were kind of mm. cool. Mm. But Not eclipse uh, the board game. What's that? Not eclipse the board game. No, no, a eclipse of the sun. Jared, not, not I don't know a- if you know. This is Mitchell's baby. He runs for the last couple of years. He's been running the scheduled playthroughs. Did you get some feedback, Mitchell, on whether whether we need to do any tweaks in it or, or keep going the way we're going. I honestly haven't heard anything negative. I checked in with most of the gurus as they were playing or sorry, as they were finishing and they said, people seem to love it. The only thing I would say is, and I don't know if this is a fix. I know some of them went a little long, like for example, terraforming Mars, big box. Um, that's already can be a long game, especially the great when wall. New I saw that one went for a while. Oh really? Yeah. That um, one went for a minute. So, but I, I talked to Jojo about it. He was the one teaching Great Wall and Lords of Ragnarok back to back, mind you. And he said he had a blast, and the people playing had yeah. a blast. But, um, so Terraforming Mars, like we were pulling the play to win name. Wait, hold on a second. Jojo said something like, Oh, that's that big room that I've never seen. Yeah. He was talking yeah. about the ballroom. Yeah. He yeah. was literally in the test room for like eight hours. <laughs> well, yeah. He taught two huge games back to back and he wasn't there on Sunday. So he got in a good, I think, a good number His of games toward the end of the was night. Basically, the test room, Jared. Like he never, yeah. he never walked out. But of he enjoyed it. I think, I think, I don't want to speak for him. I think it was his first gaming con and he said he had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, we were pulling the play to win names and they had to pause the, the Terraforming Wars game to come and see if they were winning any games. Um, so I felt bad about that. Mars? Who did that? Chad. One? Chad did. Chad Chelsea. Oh, um, yeah. Chad. But, Mr. Wixter from uh, from the Twitch stream whenever yeah. you watch this. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to limit the play counts and then make it to where not as many people can play, but it would make those games go a little bit faster if not yeah. at max play counts. Because both of mine, Marrakesh and Expeditions, were at max play count. But, you know, they clipped along at a pretty decent pace, you know, a couple hours, and, and it wasn't crazy. But I know some of those other ones went a little a little long. The problem is you just don't know with with the play with these these jump in games you can have if you end up having a game with two or three people who you know like to take their turn on turn on their turn they like to take their time so they they wait till it's their turn to make any decisions of what they want to do you know you and I me you and BJ have been playing games now for I've been back in Louisiana for two years now and we've been playing constantly since then so we kind of know how each other play so when you're taking your turn 
I can already go, okay, let's see what he's doing. Okay, this I already know what I'm doing on my next I never do I that. that I patiently <laughs> wait for y'all to finish your turns before I take my turn. He never does that. He takes his turn in two seconds. He goes, ah, this is good enough. This is close enough. Ah, this will work. First best option. Well, whenever so, we were playing Architects the other day, it was Jared, me, BJ in that order. Jared was still taking his turn, and BJ was taking his turn. I hadn't even started my turn yet. I I distinctly recall BJ saying that that was one of his pet peeves, is people always take their turns too early, and he is like the epitome of somebody who does that. He takes his turns consistently when other people are taking their turns. Because I cannot remember my move for that long. You're asking me to hold my move in my brain that long? Oh, it was killing me, squaring Circleville, which we played. I'll talk about. I'll talk more about the game, but just the fact that I was trying to desperately hold on to what my move would be and it would take so long to get back to my turn that i go i don't remember i think it was red and green carlos beans and dice he literally plays with a notebook next to him and writes down what he plans on doing Not so that he doesn't you know that's what the old grandpas do i guess you know you i need... think i think that covers saturday right that's well you did talk about your journey bj my what your oh, journey. Oh shoot! Uh, I forgot all about that. Yeah. So Saturday night we uh, we got kicked out of the test room to do the challenge tournament. I think it worked out better actually. I agree. It generated more excitement, and I was able to fill out all twenty four spots because we had a couple people back out, but I was able to grab some people, uh, including I saw Lauren Jay playing. That's all yeah, Jay playing as Jay well. Played. Uh, Jay played. Jay was a big help because Jay's t Jay's so we, to to give the overview. We had twenty four player challengers tournament at three different tables, all right next to each other. Luckily for me, Jay and uh, Chris and another person were at a table. They had all played the game before. It was Chad. Yeah. Chad was at one table. He had already played before. So, and I think you were there for a little while, Mitchell. Well, yeah, I was there at the beginning, but there was at least one person at every table that yeah. had played before. At least so. one. Yeah. So I was able to just manage one table instead of, I was worried about managing three and I ended up not having to do that. So that made it very easy. All I, I thought the teach went pretty well. I, I kind of gave up, uh, out about 80% of the rules in five minutes and then supplemented it over the next couple of rounds as people got into it. You know, when, when those, the, the B cards start coming out with the, with the different uh, type of powers, we, the, Jared came up with the idea of doing top two at each table, having them face off. And then we'd have three, but look at the scores again. And the, the top player would get a buy into the finals and the, the second and third players would play against each other in a sudden death match. And then we'd have the big finals. And that, that meant that we finished the whole tournament in about 50 minutes and then another 10 minutes for the roughly for the for the finals. Because there was a little bit of you know talking and excitement. That game is just it's so con built. <clears throat> it's as a just a built-in tournament system. It's it's fantastic. I'm not a fan of the game, but in that setting, I agree. I heard so many people saying, like, Challengers isn't my favorite game, but in this setting, it was awesome. Yeah, Ray told me it was his game of the con. Yeah, I could not believe that. Wow. Ray O, you talking about? Our our friend Ray from uh from the Gumbo. Um, he streamed with us before. Ray, I don't know if you saw him. He's the one oh, that did. Oh, the, oh, I know you talking about. Sorry, Ray's the one who did. Yeah, the game his his girlfriend is the one who's in second place. Lauren right? came out second. Yeah, yeah. She didn't even want to play. She was like, "No, I don't feel like playing the tournament." He's like, "Oh, they got one spot left. You can sit next to me and we'll play." And she ended up coming out second. And her oh, deck was awesome. really good. And she Chris had the obviously high is a shark. Chris, I, just, I want more sets, man. I need more decks. I need some more variability. We've played so many times well, now. Beach Cup is adding that, right? and... Beach Cup is coming. Beach Cup is coming. Yeah, I'm so excited. Chris not only won the Sobo Jet um, Jet Coffee League, but he also won the Challengers Tournament. <laughs> so he won two copies of Oceans. He won another copy of Oceans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, was that, a, that. was that the prize for Challengers? For and gift cards from the FLGSs. 
Three wow. different gift cards, yeah, from the FL, FLGSs. The and, first thing and third players, right? Yeah, yep. nice. And Mitchell's buddy Carlos, well, and my buddy too, but uh, from the <laughs> Beans and Dice, Carlos did us a huge favor by making a gorgeous handmade, what is it not called? Handmade. Wood burning? <laughs> it's not handmade. It's not handmade? <laughs> it's machine laid? Yeah, it's what's it called? What's the thing called? The machine he has that laser cuts it, laser engraved stuff. Oh, I thought he did like a little burner thing. You no, know, little, little you're joking. Shut thing. up. You do not. <laughs> <laughs> I was pumping him up, Mitchell. B- BJ's sarcasm sometimes is so advanced that people think he's just an idiot. <laughs> so Carlos made a handmade with a machine. Um, <laughs> Uh, trophy for us that was absolutely gorgeous man it was so good the only weird thing about the trophy there's only one weird thing so the trophy said southern board game fest board game gumbo challengers tournament and you had to flip it to see sponsored by you know the trophy sponsored by beans and dice with a sticker like (laughs) carlos you you could have hand carved with a machine your your logo onto the front right you put yeah, a well, sticker on the back. He, he was he was being humble, I suppose. No, Rob said they have like seven thousand million uh, stickers. <laughs> they literally, if you go to Starbucks, they put a sticker on your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they were handing out little beans and dice pens and stuff. That was cool. I know they met up with a lot of people thanks to you. You know, Carla and um, I think Woody from Hutchie Games and Berkey that they're going to have on their show. I tried to introduce them to as many people as possible. I did the same thing with Carla. I was I was also. You know, Carla and um, it's symbiotic, right? Carla and Berkey are both got these big Kickstarters. Well, the content creators need content, so I thought mm-hmm. it'd be I thought it'd be nice, and hopefully we can get uh, Berkey and uh, onto the show, do really well in the Kickstarter, and you know see what happens in the future. So that was I thought really great. Yeah, Challengers tournament, fantastic. I would you know ten out of ten, I would do it again. So mm-hmm. in fact, make it bigger next year if we can. So wow. That's Saturday night. Anything else about Saturday night? I don't know what happened later because as soon as the Challengers tournament ended, I went to I literally drove to bed. I actually put my car on cruise control and I just took a nap in the back of the truck. <laughs> yeah. So don't say that too loud. No, for me, Saturday was uh, about uh, mostly just teaching games. That's one of my favorite parts of a con is like looking around for those teacher wanted signs, seeing if it's a game I know, and being able to, you know, save someone the headache of having to read through a rule book where there's 200 other people talking around them. So, uh, you know, I know I got to teach furnace and earth and parks and a few other games. And to me, you know, meeting new people, that's why you go to cons. I'm not saying I'll never play with my friends at a con. Of course I do, but I play with my friends all the time in my game nights, you know? So getting to, to make those connections with people, that picture that you had commented on on Facebook that Aaron found where I was uh, teaching parks and we were just laughing and, you know, goofing around yeah, that was uh, that was a fun time for me on Saturday. What about you, Jared? Highlight for Saturday. Mitchell says teaching games. Um, hmm. I think I enjoyed uh, going on to uh, the iHeart board game stream. I thought that was enjoyable. I know Stephanie. I don't know if Stephanie's ever been on our stream before, so no? she was on the iHeart stream as well. For that was her fun. To see. On the stream, I actually so. didn't know she was going to be on it. Well, he didn't either. We were just he was just kind of sitting there and said, and I. Uh, had talked to her about playing trekking and i said hey do you want to see if he wants to play uh, and he had a free moment because i think they were just he was just kind of putzing around on the the camera and we decided to just play a game of trekking through history so uh, i really enjoyed that pl- uh, playing that on on stream and and um the commentary while we were playing and just the, the banter so i, I really enjoyed that it's that three fun. quality experiences on saturday all right well i went to bed you guys i guess went to the festival and partied all night and then <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, we started up again, but Sunday was only nine to eight. 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 
Sunday nine to eight. At that group, the guy who won the raffle the second day, they were walking out at seven fifty nine. They wanted every ounce of con, and I, I respected them for that. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, I was late because I went to Reds on Sunday to try to get some cold plunge, but I did get to play some games on Sunday. And the first one I want to talk about is a game that has been I've been begging uh, Jared to play. It's been on my shelf over here since Chad from Twenty Fifth Century uh, sent us Space Explorers with the Age of Ambition. Um, expansion i don't know why we haven't played that yet uh because we I both like space explorers it's it's weird it's not like i text you just set something up at your house before i get there and then i get there and he goes what do you want to play I'm like you could have just love candy too I'm gonna, now that i did try to play y'all y'all both refused to play with me but age of ambition i only played one module from it called the leaders module are you familiar with space explorers mitchell no imagine if splendor went to mit and got a double uh, masters with a PhD in botany and uh, computer technology and sociology, all at the Talk same about time. The oversell. <laughs> Imagine if Splendor had more cards and a little bit more variability than Space Explorers. Okay, I guess that's a better way to say it. Yeah. So Space Explorers, uh, it's very, it's very, very. It's got this cool, unique art where it's uh, all about the American and Russian, you know, space exploration in the 60s and it's got that look from the system the, the kind of that sputnik era artwork yeah. so i like i really dig the artwork, artwork but it also, is really cool it's yeah really cool. but unlike splendor where they're just colors every card in the game has some kind of weird special power either either just like splendor when you get a card it gives you the ability to get gemstones of that color you know whatever colors are at the bottom it kind of engine builds that way this one has some of those cards but most of the cards just do something wacky that breaks the game. So you gotta you gotta play 3D chess with this with the Splendor game as as you're trying to do it. The, the leaders other, leaders adds one more to the pile. Yeah. What's up? No, no, I was gonna say that the power thing before you shifted off that was the interesting part of that is when you put another card in that category over that, you lose the previous power and gain the new power. So it's also this balance of trying to balance out your board of trying to maximizing your powers, but you still have to build new cards. So you're trying to figure out which card to build to overplace powers. And oh, that, and that was the more interesting. That's the interesting. And not part. to undersell it, there's a one more twist to it. What if in Splendor, whenever you paid for the gems, instead of putting the coins back in the stack, you had to give them to the player to the left. Oh, it's yeah. a closed economy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you'll see players, you know, th their whole strategy is just to hoard <clears throat> Bradley. You know, they just hoard the uh, the money the whole time. They don't want to spend it. So you you slowly are spending your money and now you're out unless you built up an engine. So I was smart this time. I made sure that I built an engine first. So that way I always knew that I could build. But then after that, Jared, you gotta like there's cards I had to pass up because I didn't mm -hmm. want to get rid of my my little cards. Yeah. <clears throat> so what leaders adds to it, and that's the module that Patrick and Sidney Newman, they were gracious enough to teach me the game. Uh, and Patrick had recommended we do the leaders because just like with the projects, the projects are just like the nobles in Splendor where you're trying to match your cards to get these extra points before anybody else. It's also a timer in the game. The leaders are like that, but they're cards, Jared, that replace into the market. So mm. when you're doing your seven market, some of them are the market cards or leaders cards. And when you replace the cards, you pick. So you can seed the market with more regular cards if you need astronauts or if you're trying to get some points you can start seating with leaders they do mm. go into your tableau though they're they points. Place? yeah do they, they take have powers at all 
They do. They have mm. scoring. They have scoring powers, not regular powers. They have scoring things like, you know, collect certain amount of this, and you'll get that many points. So it's one more level of in-game score, end of the game scoring, the like the projects. So thumbs up for me. It doesn't add a whole heck of a lot of complexity, but it seems to flesh the game out. It almost it's like when you played, you go, oh, this should have been in the game in the first place. It, feel, it feels rounded out when you play leaders. I don't see any reason why not to play that one. They weren't too happy with the other ones, but I haven't tried them yet, so hopefully we can stream it and see the others. But leaders are something. If you're a, if you're a Space Explorers fan, you should probably get leader uh, the Age of Ambition and throw the leaders in the box because it's just a, sec, a deck of cards to add in there. So Yeah, neat. You're, are you an engine building fan, Mitchell? I think you do. Oh, like yeah, those. yeah. I like yeah. engine building. Sure. Yeah. We'll have to get you to, to try Space Explorers. What about, uh, Jared, what did you play Saturday, that you, uh, Sunday? That was a big hit for you. Uh, so Mitchell taught us how to play, what, Orleone? Orleone, That yeah. was a big one. So that was the one that I saw was in the library, and I've always wanted to play. I've never got to play before. So this was the base game of Orleone, none of the expansions. After playing the base game, now I really want to try the expansions. Um. Uh, and Jesse was talking about that. That's I don't know if you know this, but if you watch Jesse's top games, that's his number one game. So, yeah, I was telling board. Jared, I, I I don't hate Orleans, but I just I, I would never put it as my number one game of all time. But I'm assuming he probably always plays with the expansions, right? I, w- I would I would guess so. I yeah. could see where it would be in if I played it more often. I could see that easily climbing up into my list. I, I don't know if it hit number one, but I can see it climbing up. I don't know. Stephanie, Stephanie and I were talking about it. I'm kind of with I'm kind of with you, Mitchell, in that like I enjoy when I play Orleans, but it's not like it's not something I would ever ask to play. There's a, a million other Euros I'd rather play than Orleans, and I don't know why. Have you played the expansions with it? I have not. I think I've only played the base game. Mm, so I wonder. I have them. I've just never played them. My wife bought them because she liked the game. That's how the solo version was part of the expansion. She wanted to be able to play the solo version. Um, but Rob uh, from Beans and Dice said that it it really increases the complexity and the replayability. Because, I mean, Jared, you know, our first three or four turns, we all three of us literally did the exact same thing, which yeah. I had never seen that happen. That was kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's the base game you'll play. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I would love to play expansion. So if you ever do come and we do another game day, that would be really cool to. to if we out. ever do a game day again, no. So it's over. Never day. again. <laughs> the next game day. We should, we should bring that with a couple expansions. Because I know... One of the guys from Dean or from Board Boys or no Meeple Town, I think he's a Dean, huge fan. Dean of, loves Orleon. Uh, Orleon, so and he he he's been talking it up in the last couple of episodes. So I would love to try it with the expansions and and see how much more that adds to it. Mitchell, what'd you play on Saturday? I've kind of mentioned a lot of them already. Um, I had some. Even though there was less going on on Sunday, I was still kind of just running around like a chicken with my head cut off. So toward the end of the day, I was able to get some quicker games in. Love Letter, uh, Boop, or Jaipur, was this your those first time playing Jaipur? No, no, no. These aren't oh. new games. It, it was just like literally I had like, hey, I got 30 minutes until I got to go read the play to win. Hey, And then I, I had a buddy that was looking for to play, Dwayne, Dwayne Gilbo, and yeah, uh, he hadn't yeah. played it. So we needed something quick, so we, we grabbed that one off the shelf. And then uh, after the library closed, Connor had um, gotten a copy of Love Letter from Doug uh, after the bazaar. Which version? Um, I think it was just the base game. It's, it's like the a one little, in the red, bag, right? little, the red, little bag. red bag. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we needed something quick before the con closed at eight. So we played a game of that as well. I like love letter. I think, uh, the Lord of the Rings version is the one that I, I think that's the one that I like the best. If I remember right. I like that version too. Doug has the Batman version, which I'm not as much of a fan of, but, uh, yeah, I like the Lord of the Rings one. If you play 
you can play it on BGA, and I know when you play with five or six people, and it adds that second set of the same numbered cards. Right. Um, I really like that. Jared, do you remember we got into this we, complexity that I enjoy? We got into the streak with me and you and uh, Leandra and Zach, mm-hmm. where we were playing back-to-back <laughs> games of five yeah. or six player. I mean, like over and over for weeks. You know? I can't play it on BGA. That's a game I gotta you gotta be like reading people and stuff for that game. Yeah. Sometimes well, the only the only downside, Jared, you gotta admit, like sometimes you'll check in on your turn and, and like, so much has happened. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, no. Here's the worst part: is when you come back and you go, "Oh man, I'm still in the game of love letter because you got eliminated." <laughs> Right in the first to very first right. turn, and you haven't played in five days. <laughs> no, like oh man, this is still going on. It's still going on. So, <laughs> yeah, I am curious about uh, sea salt and paper. You were able to introduce that to people. Yeah, so Logan picked it up at the bazaar, um, and you know we had played online. I think the three of us with Logan, uh, but he said he never really understood exactly what was going on. Even though I'm pretty sure he crushed us uh, <laughs> online, I'm pretty sure he won. But he said he never really understood. So he and I played. Uh, we just quickly played a head to head to 30 points or something like that. I uh, saw a lot of people playing that game actually. Uh, Mike Karambat, uh, Retro Resource Games, one of the the GoPub guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw them playing. I was like, hey, it's a good game. Y'all like it? He's like, no. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't understand the scoring. And like, he's like, let me make sure I understand. He explained all of it. I was like, yeah, that's right. He's like, and you think that's simple? So apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently it didn't hit off for him. I, I mean, you and BJ, you and I talked about it when we did our, our tens. I really enjoy that game. I think it's a ton of fun. And I if love you play it. on BGA, they added in the, even the new cards that are even cooler. I don't know but what the new the, cards, man. The scoring <laughs> in that game in person makes the game I, I think it's a bga game for me it, it's yeah. a yeah. BGA game i agree bga the uh, scoring I, like constantly having to re-figure out my score every time i get a new card going shoot what was my score again because it's been <laughs> you know depending on what happened you know you may have picked three cards that didn't do anything and then you finally get a fourth card and go okay now i have okay i had two now i have seven i think right right yeah, you kind of want that little thing that pops up and says, do you want the last chance right now? You're like, yeah. oh, I have eight points? Yeah, sure, I'll last yeah, chance. I'll do yeah. that. No, but, I agree with you, but I did play a lot of Sea Salt and Paper at ChuckCon this summer, and mm-hmm. when you're playing with people back-to-back-to-back, and I think that's what this game is for. Yeah. This game is like no do thanks. You don't want to just play no thanks once. You got to play it three or four I killed times. It. The one and only time I played no thanks, I absolutely destroyed that game. Yeah. <laughs> No, he didn't. I think he was negative 190 points or something. No I took every card. I said, "Yeah, okay, I'll take that." Said, well, I'm going to shoot the moon, and he forgot that you know not every there's nine cards that are not in the in play, so he missed out on shooting the moon. And, uh, terrible. So many points. So many points. Yeah, see, see, salt and paper. That was awesome. So I do uh, highlights for yeah. I want to hear highlights for Sunday. What, what did you? What are your big highlights for Sunday? Anything? I wasn't there very long. I ended up leaving, I think, at like 1.30, something like that. Is that your highlight, leaving early? <laughs> no. Not having um, clean so I, I didn't really get to do much uh, Sunday, but it was, you know, I enjoyed going in and playing a couple more games. Uh, I got to play one more with Mitchell before the weekend was over. I think me and you only play like two or three games, like one each day, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in total, so, I think I played less. Let's see. Three, one, two, three, four, five, six. I think I only played like eight games at the con total. So, I mean, that's a fourth of the games I played were with you. So, you should feel special. You got me beat. You got me beat. I played two games of Boop. Well, yeah. I mean, four of those games are Boop, Jaipur, and Love Letter. So, (laughs) yeah, I didn't play very many. What about you, Mitchell? What was your highlight? So, Jared says his highlight Saturday, Sunday was leaving early and not having to clean up and also playing games with Mitchell, but. 
Uh, no, on Sunday, I enjoyed actually being able to sit down and play some games because it was a little bit uh, less crazy and getting to game with with people I hadn't played with in a bit. Uh, so like Dwayne, for example, I don't think I've gamed with him since last Sobo. Um, Alicia, my friend I mentioned earlier, um, I'd actually never gamed with her before. She was the one that um, I had mentioned earlier that uh, the Fire and Library. So um, kind of like making some connections and hopefully, you know, for, I, I told both of them, hey, you guys need to come to our game group and, and play some stuff with us outside of Sobo. So kind of being able to extend Why? Sobo into our homes. Dwayne could come to Anubis on Wednesday nights, right? Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's got a game store right there with people that uh, are always looking for game, you know, people to play. Tim and Nate and all those guys are always looking. Sarah, who I got to see on Saturday, I got to teach 48% of the rules correctly on Expeditions. <laughs> Expeditions. Yeah. Oh, man. I yeah. I passed by afterwards and they're like, totally. so how does this work? I had to kind of pick up your Mitchell, straps my, there. Oh, it was terrible, man. And it, it's nothing against the game. It's It, it uses all this weird terminology. So, you so know, that sounds to like it is something against the game. It is something against the game. I love that game, but I, I'm not very good at teaching it. So, And I hadn't played it since the summer, so I, I just didn't. Our 20-minute game? Yeah. Oh, forget about No, I did play it once, but it was a 20-minute game. So that was not going to work. But, yeah, every time I've played it with people, it's been with people that already know the game. So I haven't had mm -hmm. to teach it. And, right. and going back to teaching the game made it tough. But my highlight, my highlight clearly was playing a super thematic dice chucking Ameritrash game in your face called Squaring Circleville with uh, you mean my, a buddy, Euro. <laughs> my buddy Andrew and with the Newmans. Number one, I love Patrick and Sidney Newman, and I love uh, playing games with Andrew. Andrew's one of my favorite people to play because he, he knows so many good games. And he's I the know. only other person I like train games. And so most of them are beige or have trains. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I love playing with him. And I don't get to see him that often. Uh, uh, you know, recently, he, you know, he's a sports writer. So he's in the middle of like the biggest season between hockey and baseball, and basketball and football all at the same time. He's super busy. But playing Square and Circleville, a game by Matt Wolf and Spielworks. Spielworks, one of the publishing companies that, that always has games that I want to play. That's Captains of the Gulf and Crest City Cargo. It's got the coolest theme, Mitchell. In the 1800s, there was a town just like Lafayette, the hub city, where they had built it in the French model, where you have the, the French either built cities two ways. They either built them on a river and then ran them off the river, or like in this case, they built they built them in a circle. You know, you got the center, the centerville, as we call it, the, the downtown area with usually a cathedral or a courthouse, and then streets going off in a hub and spoke directions. Like Disney. But, Sort of like Disney. Yeah, exactly. It's like that's the way they built it. Hub and spoke, just like the Magic Kingdom. But the people hated it. Because <laughs> when cars and buggies and all that started getting to be popular, you know, it's weird to say I'm going to go east to go west because you got to go around the circle, you know, to go to go that way. And they said, we're going to blow up the town, basically, and rebuild it with a square American-style grid. And they did that over the course of 30 or 40 years. They leveled the town, removed all the buildings, redid all the streets, and squared it out. And that's why they call the game Squaring Circleville. It's based on that historical event. Matt, Matt went to the libraries in Ohio and read all the old you know, newspaper reports about all this. There's a lot of research in it. The, the thematics of the game, it's one of those games that I like where the mechanics themselves, you would appreciate this, the mechanics, Mitchell, make sense to you from, from a thematic standpoint. Like, okay, I'm removing these red bricks. They're roads. You know, so it uh, instantly, you know, I'm going to be blowing up roads or I'm going to be building roads. So all of the different aspects make sense on the board. The scoring itself takes a little get you, getting used to, like not the scoring from from like how to get points, how to win the game. Like a typical Euro, it's it's 
you're trying to figure out, I don't understand exactly how to win this game, but by the, by the second half of the game, you've got it. You know, by the third reel, you know, you're, you're, everybody's gunning for all the in-game scoring. So scoring Sergeville was my highlight, not only because I've been wanting to play that game for a long time, but also because I've played with some cool people. So I passed by a couple of times and I saw they had like these huge overlays. I'm guessing that's how you covered up the circles with squares, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. And the movement from the supervisor that's handling the blowing of the roads and, and the building of the buildings, he's got to go point to point. Like like this little area to the next one. But once you build out the quadrant, that whole quadrant now, or as you build out each little section of the quadrant, they're all the same color in each quadrant. So it builds a bigger and bigger space, which means by the third reel of the game, by the end of the game, your supervisor is literally jetting across the board because there's only three spaces and then a couple more. You know, three quadrants are filled and then there's a couple other spaces. So you thought you were safe in your little corner that you were building by yourself. And all of a sudden Mitchell's supervisor jumps over all the way from one end to the other. So, and of course the other cool thing about it is your player board, you get to upgrade while you're playing with special powers and powering up your thing. And it's got this cool rondelle of actions that just blows my mind. I'm going to move my, I'm going to move my assistant a couple of spaces to take two actions, but it's based on the color of the rondelle and also the stack of tiles that you're slowly taking colors off. Uh, it's it's a lot to think about, but it but it's it's a lot of fun. I would definitely and, play it again. In fact, I want to try. This podcast is now sponsored by Square Answer Club. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, I think we're just about done. I think unless you have any more highlights to talk about. I just want to say real quick, I really appreciate the Beans and Dice guys coming out. I didn't get the game with them nearly as much as I wanted to, and I know Dan got sick on the last day. He had some some jet lag from being at Essen a couple of days before. Uh, we did go to Bonton Grill after cl the closing of the con at your suggestion. Nick had some alligator, and uh, we had a good time. Jeremy and his family came. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's Berkey just was there. You all missed Berkey by a couple hours. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they had gone there too. So a, bit, a shout out to John and Sagan and Ray and all those people. They put and Aaron. They put on a great, fantastic show. Anything, anything you got, Jared? If not, we're gonna close this thing up. Uh, no, I was glad, happy to play, and uh, looks like Zachary might be here for the next one. So um, I'm excited to to do it again, and maybe next time I might try to teach a game or two. So yeah, I know I didn't do any teachers this time, but I'll try to do some teachers next time. I didn't do a scheduled playthrough this time, but uh, I'll try yeah, to get I'll one try done to do next one time. Okay, go yep. ahead. All right. So for Mitchell and for Jared, it's BJ from Morgan Gumbo. And until next time, nil next Sobo 2024 <laughs> is a Le Bon Ton Roulette.